Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Here's the deal is, is I already talked about our, our land dedication. And our land, the good news is it's, it's paid off completely. And the, then people ask, that's great. When are we going to build our church? And the answer is, after we raise some money to do it. And that, that's going to be a, a substantial amount. I'll just say it that way. But the good news is, I think we have all the money we need to do it right now. And the reason why is I got a letter, or I got a letter from Nigeria, and it was from a top official of the federal government, and evidently they've had a regime change. And now if we send them $20,000 and give them all of our account numbers, they will send $21 million to us we will receive 20%, which is $4 million, which is plenty of money for us to get started. And then they will later take those other funds out. And it, it, they just need it to be legitimate, which is why they do this. Uh, it says here in the, the letter, as I'm reading this, please note that this transaction is 100% safe. And we hope to commence the transfer in the next seven days. So... Awesome. I great news for you, everyone. When I read that, if, if, imagine if you thought I was serious, that, that at some point someone would have to say, we need to send him to Snopes.com and, and show him this actually has a name. It's called Nigerian Scam 419. That, that so many people have, have received this and believe it or not, there are people who have responded to this. There are people who have given them their bank accounts that have sent them thousands of dollars and in a hope that they would get millions in return. And, and we look at that and we go, are you crazy? And, and that's because we know that there are scams out there. That's why there are, are websites dedicated simply to identifying email scams that are out there. Or even as you watch the news, it seems like there's one every couple of weeks about the people who are called, about uh, they're, they're from uh, maybe SRP or something like that, where, oh yeah, we can help you with your bill, and you just need to do this, give us your account numbers. And the, and the people hear that and they say, wow, okay, that sounds good, maybe I'll do it, only to realize that they are scammed. And that is why, can you see, as it relates to God's word, when we talk about unexamined beliefs, the value of skepticism, the value of being able to look not only at these scams, which when we hear them, we know immediately that is false. That is such a lie that, that you can tell me with certainty, just stay away from that. But I'm concerned that there might be other lies, lies about God that you believe Maybe even lies about God that you hold so tightly to be true that you rely on. And if you do that, and, and, and you put your hope and trust in a false lie, that's what we mean by a brittle belief. And that's not only when you're going to suffer economic loss, perhaps the, the loss of money or the bruising of your pride, 
but it could be a loss of, of faith. It, it could be a loss of the promises of God and even eternal life. And for that reason, we go to this portion of God's word which encourages us to, to be skeptical, to, to look at teachings and weigh them according to God's word. So we begin in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone into the world. So test the spirit, that, because there are going to be lies out there. We understand that. We know that when we go on the internet even, that, or, or sometimes even reading the newspaper, listening to the news, that you need to take it at least with a grain of salt, right? Where you say, is this really true? If it, if it doesn't sound right, that maybe I need to do more research. Now, at the same time, I think this is at this time for us to also uh, make sure we understand this. In Matthew 7, verse 1. And that's where it says, do not judge, or you too will be judged. And the reason why I bring this up is because this idea of testing and judging are possibly two of the most misunderstood portions of God's word that there are. Because people look at do not judge, and really what they take it to mean is do not test the spirits. And so when, when something is said that is false, they say, well, I don't want to judge. You know, I, I don't want to uh, say that's wrong. I'm, I'm in no position to, to make that determination. And that is false. And, and that is a, uh, a brittle belief that you might have. And so probably the best way for you to understand this is to understand judging and testing. And, and a, a good way to understand that is in a courtroom. That in a courtroom, there is a judge... Or, or sometimes a jury, and then an executioner, right? Judge, jury, and executioner. That is not your job. That in the courtroom, if there was a, a role that you played that this shows us, is your role is a witness. And, and a witness testifies to what they've seen or heard, and a witness can also testify to the truth, and so, an example of this. this. This would be an example of it from the Bible where it would play out. And that was Jesus was with an adulterous woman. And there were, there were other men there, and they asked Jesus right there, you know, what should we do? Moses' law said we should stone her. What do you say? And, and what they wanted to do is they wanted to stand there. They wanted to be the judge, jury, and executioner. So they had their stones, and they were ready at, at, at Jesus saying it was okay to kill her. And that's when Jesus said, you who are without sin, whoever is without sin, go ahead and, and throw the first stone. So, so what he was teaching them is the idea of judging, that if you think you are the one to send someone to hell, that he says, be careful, because in the same way that you sentence them, you're sentencing yourself. Because you are guilty of sin just as they are. Wait for God's judgment. In that, in that account, there was one person who was without sin. And that was Jesus. And Jesus did not throw the stone. But Jesus also tells us there will be a time when he does come again to judge. He, he simply says that is not right now. 
and so leave it in his hands. He has it under control. But then when, when he talks to the woman, it, it's very important that we understand that as well. Because when he goes to her, he doesn't say, yeah, go ahead, keep what you, doing what you're doing. You know, he goes to her and says, now go and sin no more. And that would be an example as, as we look at it, the testing that we do. That if we were talking to this adulterous woman, we wouldn't send her to hell, but it would also be wrong for us not to tell her the path you're on leads there. And so we are encouraging you to, to look at God's word, to hear what he has to say, to confess your sin and, and turn from it. I want to make it clear, that is not judging. That is doing exactly what God tells us to do here, which is to test the spirits and see how it relates to what God's word says. And there are opportunities to do that every day in your life as you test what you do, your beliefs and how you think. The second part of this. So the first part is understanding judging and testing. And the second part is to realize many false prophets have come into the world. And Jesus also speaks about this in a different spot where he says, the false prophets, they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. And so you have this weird thing dynamic where on the one hand, I tell you, come back next Sunday and listen to me preach and listen to me share God's word with you. And at the same time, I want to tell you, don't take what I say just because I say it. Go to God's word and make sure that the things that I am telling you are true. That's on you. That's your responsibility. And if you are ever at a point where you're like, you know what, something you said, Pastor Dan, it, it just it doesn't seem to say what scripture says, you need to tell me that we need to have this conversation because I, I don't want to be a false prophet. And the problem is, is that with false prophets, they are nice guys. They are. Not that I am, but they are. And, and so you just want to believe them. And they seem, they seem, that's the thing about them looking like lambs. They're just so, they, they seem like they're not going to hurt you at all. That's the warning we have here. So in the blanks, let's fill in the blanks. We are not to judge, which is to pronounce a sentence, to tell someone you're going to hell and now's the time. That's judging. But we are to test and that is to compare and challenge. And just one other question I have right underneath there is why do false teachers appeal to me? You know, this, ultimately this gets to be about lies. And it's estimated that an, an average individual lies at least two times a day. And that would be everyone, a lie. Unless you're a fisherman, in which case it goes up to 10. <laughs> because we know that, that when you look at lies, first of all, why do I tell lies? I tell lies to impress people. That I, that I make it bigger than it is in a hope that uh, they will look at me in a different way. And so if my boss comes to me and he says, how are you doing on your project? I say, I'm almost done, when in reality, I haven't started. And, and that's because I, I, I want to cover for myself, right? I, I don't want to be seen in a negative light. I want to tell people what, what I think they want to hear. 
And then the other question is then why do you believe lies? Why do you look sometimes at evidence and say, you know what, even though all the evidence points that way, I'm going to choose not to believe that? Watch some like 2020 or shows like that. I was watching one where this, this woman was, was with this man and, and her daughters were telling her, mom, this guy's scamming you. He has a history of doing this. The last person he was with was found dead, mom. And she didn't want to believe her daughter. She didn't want to listen because she was happy. And she was happy living her lie at least for a period of time because it made her feel good. I don't know why you believe lies. Maybe it's because of guilt. Maybe it's because it sounds logical. I don't know. But the warning here is clear. There are liars out there and you will run into them daily. Be ready to test. We continue. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Now, this was written, 1 John 4 was, was written in, in a context of history. And at this time, there, were a, there was a, a false teaching called Gnosticism. And the Gnostics believed that everything was kind of a myth. So, so they believed everything was kind of like a parable. And everything that had to do with physical and, and anything like that would be bad. And so the, what sprung out of this would be things like having uh, monasteries and, and individuals who would go away from society simply to, to spend time uh, with truth. And the idea was Gnosticism comes from the word knowledge, and that would be that the more you learned, the closer you would be to God, and since it was all about your head and what you knew, uh, that the worldly, anything that had to do with physical was bad. And we know that's not true. It's not, definitely what, not what God teaches about creation and how he created us and, and who we are, and especially about Jesus, that Jesus came as a human being, true God, true man. And from this is where you have the beginning of what we call creeds. And the Christian church saw it very important that people uh, would be able to identify these teachings right out of the gate. And this one in particular was, was to tell them, if you hear a Gnostic preacher start talking about Jesus not coming in the flesh, understand they're a false teacher. In the blank, you can write, a true message from God will center on Jesus and all that he has accomplished for us and accomplished in his life. And what we're going to do right now is use a creed, one of the creeds that was written about 1,500 years ago or so. It's called the Nicene Creed. And, and as we go through it, I, I'm going to stop you, okay? So be ready when I say stop. Because we're going to stop as we look at these teachings about what it says about God and the truth. Okay, are we ready? Here we go. So let's go. We believe in one God the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. Stop. So first of all, this is pointing to God the Father, and and it's pointing to creation. And this addresses Gnosticism as well. That God has made all this seen and unseen, the physical and the spiritual world, and, and God made it, and it's good. Continue. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, 
God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. Stop. This is pointing to the deity of Jesus Christ, the fact that he is true God. And this is where a Gnostic would stop. But we continue. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. Stop. Right here is where they captured the essence of this verse, saying that Jesus Christ is true God, and true man. He had to be to come into this world to save us. They would have denied this. A Gnostic would have said that is not God's plan of salvation. We continue. For us sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scripture. Stop. That's just the best part. I didn't want you to miss it. Continue. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end stop. Again, it's showing Jesus as he engages in the world, engages in our lives as well. We continue. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. I didn't get into the Holy Spirit because there was one more creed coming where the Holy Spirit was attacked as not being God. But it's much longer and a whole different sermon. Okay, the point here, it centers on Jesus and why we have a creed, a statement of belief that we say this is the summary of what the Bible teaches. We continue. 1 John 4, verse 3, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. This is, it's just important for you to hear this, to understand that in the same way God wants to share his truth with us, Satan, who's called the father of lies, wants to attack that truth. In the blank, you can write, the Antichrist message offers something in place of or against Jesus. And it's very interesting to notice it's called the Antichrist. It's not called pro-devil, or pro-Satan. Because when you hear that, you're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. But with this, it, it's so much more subtle. Because this, it, it's a teaching that doesn't need you to go towards Satan, just away from Jesus. That, that's the ploy. Anything to get you away from Jesus and his promises, and Satan has, has worked his, his unbelief and his lies on you. Now, to show us and, and to give us that slight contrast, we look at Galatians 1, verses 6 and 7. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace. Grace means undeserved love. So, so you're enjoying this undeserved love of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. I just want to say that you're turning to a different gospel, which is no gospel at all. 
I shared with you a little bit of a gospel that's no gospel at all. And that is that we're getting $4 million from a Nigerian uh, diplomat who's going to send things to our account. That's great news. If it were true, yeah, if it were true, it would be great news. But because it's a lie, all of a sudden it's not so great news. And not only is it, it, it not going to, to get us where we want to be, but it's going to take us into the hole. And, and it's, we're going to be wasting time following something that's not true. And by the time we find out, it's going to hurt many people and cause anger and dissension among us, right? The same is true of the Antichrist. It sounds good. It sounds like, yeah, I'm going to get this. I get to do this, and I'm in control, and I'll get what I want. In the blank, you can write, Jesus plus nothing from me equals heaven. And that equals, that is the message from God. Jesus at the center, the the things we confessed in the Nicene Creed, Jesus coming into the world to take away my sin. Jesus plus something from me equals possibly heaven equals the Antichrist. Anything that's getting you to turn to yourself instead of Christ, to turn to anything else but Jesus is Antichrist. And then the final one, when Jesus is lost, all is lost. I thought of stopping here because that, that's just it. This is it, okay? We will finish the, the rest of the message and, and, it's, and it revolves around this a little bit, but this is the most important part. This is the most important part. On the second page, we're gonna look at what it means, but this is the one that, that you need to use as the test in your life. That if this is about you being a good person, if this is about you trying harder, if this is about uh, you treating others like you want to be treated, if it's a, all of those different things are a result of our relationship with God, yes. I'm not saying don't do those things, but they're not the center of the hope we have. And, and to the extent that you believe that, it's pulling you away from Christ. It is anti-Christ. It's pulling me away from Jesus and his promises to a false promise that I can do things that merit God's reward. It's just not true. We continue. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So this is the great news is we have the truth and we're gonna share this truth and the good news is God is behind us and he works through his Holy Spirit. Testify to the truth. And in Matthew 24, verse 35, it says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. The promise that God's truth will continue to endure as it has from the very beginning, through the time of the Old Testament, through the time of Christ, through the time of the apostles, through today, God's word endures through every generation. The promise is is that as you have that truth, even though there are people who don't want to hear it, God's truth will endure. So God's promise to you, his spirit, his spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is with you in your fight for the truth. If Satan is the father of lies, the Holy Spirit is the father of truth. That, that is the language of the Spirit. That is the language of our God. As Jesus told Pilate, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. We continue. 
They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world. And the world listens to them. So what you're going to have, and, and you can see this as you look in, in our, our, our li- lives and, and on TV and different places, it's amazing, where there are people who preach the exact opposite. And they're not just preachers. That it's also, it can be news and talk shows and things like that where they have a viewpoint from the world. And they have a whole different moral system, a whole different moral code, and definitely a different God. And, and to be able to look at them, and, and sometimes we don't, we, we look at them as entertainment, and sometimes we look at them as kind of the way the, the country and the world is around us. Uh, it, it's probably, the, the word that is used is mainstream. That, that's mainstream. It's the way maybe even that most people think. And so we, we are caught in this where as we speak the truth, nobody wants to hear it. And as a matter of fact, most people want to hear the lies and they continue to tune in and support it. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. But notice, we are from God and whoever knows God listens to us. And, and it's not even us that they're listening to. They're listening to God's word because that is what we share. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. And that's hard. That's hard because as you speak the truth of God's word, there are, are people who are going to call you phobic of sin or, or of anything that you would preach the truth against. And, and to say, no, it's not that even that we are against these things. We're for what Christ says and his unconditional love. And we are for confessing sin and turning to the Lord for forgiveness and, and saying that all are loved by God and he wants us to turn from our sinful ways to him and repent and receive his forgiveness through Jesus Christ. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. This is where when you leave from here, I would love this to be like a, a message that I could put in a box, wrap in a bow and go, here you go. This is the message on truth. And, and now you have it figured out. But the reality of it is that this message reminds you that you are in a tension every day where you will be lied to numerous times from people that talk to you, that people you work with, the television will lie to you, and, and you will hear lies, 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 lies about God, uh, lies about the truth, and, and you are in a position where on a daily basis that you need to be examining what you hear and even what you believe, and, and look at this and say, Lord, I need to know what you are telling me. Now do you understand why it's so important to be in God's word every day. And why I, it, it's why I encourage you, whether it be the Project 51 Bible reading we're doing or whatever Bible plan you want to do or whatever reading, the reason why is it helps you identify the lies. I, I remember a professor telling me this. I don't know if it's 100% true. I never went to Snopes uh, to, to uh, find this out, but this is what he told me. And that is when there are people that are uh, taught to uh, see counterfeit money, that one of the things that they do is they do not try to teach them 
every counterfeiting way there might be. But what they do is they spend all their time with real money. And, and what they're taught to do is to identify real money, and then if it's not, they know immediately that it's counterfeit. And so by, by just looking at it, they can tell this is what the real thing looks like, and this is not it. And that's what my encouragement for you and God's as well is, that, that you need to be in a situation where you continue to be around the truth so you know what the truth is, so when the lies are there, you recognize them. In the blank, you can write, each person needs to understand his or her worldview. See at the top where it says they speak from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world? That's what a worldview is. And as we look at this to understand what a Christian worldview is, I, I found it very interesting. Uh, was working, uh, my daughter came home for the weekend, she was writing a paper, and the paper was on worldview and understanding different worldviews of how people view the world. And the Christian worldview is one that we continue to drip on constantly. And, and what you see is the Christian worldview. First of all, part of the worldview is who you are, your identity. And how many times have you heard that this here? It, maybe if you're new, you haven't heard this before, but I guarantee you if you continue to come, you will hear this. Who am I? I'm a child of God bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. If, if you know nothing, if from my preaching, you've never heard or remembered anything else, that's a success. That's a worldview. Who I am, God made me, Jesus saved me. My destiny, where am I going? I am going to heaven because of Jesus, because my sins are forgiven, that God is going to welcome me into heaven. I can stand before God, not because I am perfect, but Jesus was perfect for me. What is the purpose of my life? I live to serve God and share in his promises. Wow, what a different purpose than, than what, what did we talk about earlier, gratifying the desires of my sinful nature. This isn't about me getting everything I want, but rather I have a purpose of serving God. The possibilities, what, is my, what does my life offer? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, who strengthens me, who with the Lord in my life that that who knows what we can do. It's beyond even what we could imagine. And then finally, I'm part of a community, that I am part of a family of believers. It's something we celebrated in the baptism, right? That, that the individuals uh, who are here that are now, we come together as part of the family of God. It's called a spiritual house. It's a community where the bride of Christ, the Bible talks about it so many different ways, letting you know you are not alone in your walk with Christ. And then the final fill-in. Testing my beliefs allows me to live confidently knowing that I can trust the promises of God. That's the beauty of this, is that in your life, these promises of God are are like a a staff that you can lean on. They're they're like a bridge that that goes over the water that that can hold your weight, that can hold the weight of the world that can hold the pressures of your life, that God says, you have my truth and you can rest and rely on them no matter what comes. I said it before. I I would love this message to be just like, okay, now you know this, now you're set. But the truth is, is this is a message more than any other that requires you to continue to be vigilant. It reminds you that this is not over but this is a message that reminds you it's just starting. 
It's just starting as you begin to think about the, the thoughts you have and the beliefs that you have. Compare them with God's word. Let God's opinion and God's truth be your truth as well. And then your beliefs will not be brittle, but strong. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we understand that we live in a world that is full of lies, and sometimes we're even the ones who speak them. And it's into that world that you come and you speak a message of truth, a message of of love, and a, a message, as we confessed in the creed, that is about Jesus and the forgiveness of sins that has been won through him. Lord, I, I, I think everyone here wants to be on the side of truth, that down deep we know we need to hear the truth and, and we want to hear the truth, but sometimes the truth is hard to hear. So send your Holy Spirit. Send your Holy Spirit into our hearts to, to, to crack those hearts of stone and, and make them receptive to your word and your promises. Then, Lord, we know we can live confidently through Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. So, before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to CrosswalkPhoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. As you leave today, I'm going to share with you two announcements and a promise and a truth. Uh, First of all, the giving statements for 2017 are available uh, in a tent in, that is outside. So uh, if you have a, a giving statement from last year, we ask that you uh, would get that. Uh, it helps uh, save us a stamp uh, from mailing them. So if you'd like to grab those, you can. Uh, secondly, uh, another reminder of the dedication, which is today at 3 o'clock. And finally, a promise and a truth. Jesus is with you always to the very end of the age. His words, his words to you, letting you know you're not alone and his spirit is with you as well with his truth. And so as you go today, go with confidence, uh, go with the truth and also go with the Lord's blessing. Lord bless you and keep you. Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.